5 p.m. You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And we are here, 17th of November, 2020, back with you here on Tuesday, as we are with you Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Plenty for you here on the show today, including Israel meddling in U.S. politics and shocker of all shockers, no one in the mainstream media or the government, it seems, cared at all. The killer of George Floyd, the murderer of George Floyd, is now trying to hide evidence in his case uh, for murdering George Floyd. And before we get to those two stories, we will start with Trump's election stealing seemingly starting to fizzle. <laughs> Well, when Senator Graham called, I uh, just assumed that he was calling about the two runoffs for the senators, so I called him back. Um, and then uh, during our discussion, he asked if ballots could be matched back to the envelope, the absentee ballots could be matched back to the envelope. I explained our process after it went through two sets of signature match. At that point, they were separated. But then uh, Senator Graham applied for us to audit the envelopes and then throw out the ballots for counties who had the highest frequency error of signatures. And that I tried to you know, help explain that that's because we did signature match, you couldn't tie the signatures back anymore you know, to those ballots. Just like with if you voted in person, uh, my name is not on my ballot. Uh, and so it can't be tied back to me. It's really something that's been around for over 100 years, the secret ballot. And that was Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, a Republican, who is stuck in quite the spat with other Republicans over what really happened in the election there in Georgia, where, by the way, there is a hand recount of every vote on going right now. Raffensperger has seriously contradicted Trump and for about a week now has been insisting on the obvious truth here, and that is that the election was not in fact, stolen. Now, those comments that you just heard were part of this spat within a spat here where the secretary has alleged that South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham last Friday urged him to throw out legal ballots. Raffensperger is saying that Graham was under the guise of just asking him about different things regarding signature matching rules, regarding absentee ballots, heavily suggesting that they tried to throw out as many ballots as they possibly could on these highly spurious grounds. Now, of course, Graham is disputing this, saying, no, we were just having a nice hypothetical conversation here about a range of things. Big problem for Lindsey Graham, though, is there is at least one staffer who overheard the call who told CNN that Graham was indeed implying that ballots are to be thrown out. Clearly, it's deeply important for Republicans to keep this fake scandal alive, and the main reason is to drive up turnout in the Georgia Senate runoffs. That's why you see so many of the figures in the state of Georgia pushing back so aggressively against the Secretary of State, who is in their party over the issue of the validity of the election, because they're trying to pump it up the swamp, they're trying to take down Trump, whatever they can to get people to show up to the polls Allegedly, with the point being, if Republicans win, they'll be able to do something. I don't know what. They're certainly not going to be able to allow Trump to win. But, you know, whatever. Fact-free zone here for Republicans. And it's obvious that people like Lindsey Graham are worried. I mean, they're worried that someone like Trump—I mean, two elections ago, the guy had like 11 challenges or something like that. He's generally hated by many Republicans. Obviously, people like Lindsey Graham are worried about Trump 
post-election, pushing primary challenges against them, challenging them, whatever it may be for their lack of loyalty here in the waning days of a Trump presidency. And it certainly seems clear that this post-presidency is well within view here. Uh, Trump, for sure, is... Uh, you could say the walls are closing in. He's in a cul-de-sac. He's backed into a corner. However you want to actually say it in terms of the lawsuits. But the lawsuits have just, all of them pretty much at this point have petered out. And the ones that are left clearly do not stand a snowball's chance in hell of succeeding. You got some of his lawyers who have just straight up quit. You got other lawyers who look like they're about to quit. You got Rudy Giuliani, whose legal credentials, has a guy even practiced law since the 1980s, coming in and allegedly charging $20,000 an hour. Now, don't sue me, Rudy. He's saying that's not true. But nevertheless, trying to charge $20,000 an hour to take up these cases that other law firms have dropped on behalf of Trump. So, doesn't seem like it's looking that great for him. And just to ease him out the door a little bit, little WD-40 in the works, Biden has come out and allegedly said, or it's being reported that he said to different people, you all know how these things work, unnamed sources, anonymous sources, granted anonymity in order to speak candidly, those kind of people, that Biden doesn't want to see Trump prosecuted post-presidency. Now, you may remember... Some of you listeners, some of you were not alive, including me, so you read about it. But you may remember that this is more or less exactly what happened with Richard Nixon, where the uh, Ford administration was offered, not Ford administration, but the Ford people were basically saying, if you just step down and get out of here, we won't prosecute you. It seems very clear here that Biden and his team are using the inducement of legal immunity to get Trump to just give up the ghost on having won the election and to leave the White House and do whatever he's going to do, but certainly face no accountability for any of his actual and real crimes. So there you go. It certainly says something about how the Democrats are looking to operate, but nevertheless, it does lend some credence to not only the walls closing in, but an ultimate result here being Trump, if not conceding the election, at least conceding that he will not be announced president of the United States. So where it all goes, who knows? But in Georgia, I suspect there's going to be an attempt to try to drag this thing on as long as possible to juice turnout for Republicans in the Senate primary or excuse me, Senate runoff there. People, it's people that's tired of this bullshit right here, taking advantage of us. This is our shit. Without us, we wouldn't even be out of this shit. And that was sound you're hearing there from our breakthrough news coverage from Minneapolis during the height of the uprising. And if you want to see more, obviously still extraordinarily relevant, go to our YouTube page, check us out, Breakthrough News, because uh, we were there for five days. We were able to get quite a bit of, you know, just great things, including what you just heard, which is real footage from people who were really there in the streets. It wasn't outside agitators. I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent here, but did just want to plug that and note that it's still important for people to see what was really being said by the people who are really on the ground protesting there in Minneapolis. It wasn't what you have been told. But we're bringing this back up now because there has been some activity in the case involving George Floyd's murderers. Now, they the, the individuals will not go on trial until March, but the main perpetrator, Derek Chauvin, uh, or Chauvin, some people say. I'm going with Chauvin because it sounds like chauvinist. That's certainly the type of person he seems to be. So regardless of how his name is pronounced, I've decided I do not care. He's Derek Chauvin. He's a chauvinist. He's a white supremacist. He's a racist. He's a brutal, disgusting, murderous pig. So sue me if you don't like how I'm pronouncing your name or don't. Do whatever you want to do. Anyway, he filed a motion this week to exclude his past police brutality from the case. 
Now, unsurprisingly, there are eight other incidents from his career that prosecutors want to bring up where Chauvin brutalized someone, including one where Chauvin kicked a guy in the stomach, then choked him until he lost consciousness. Choked him until he lost consciousness. Hmm, I've never heard that one before. Three of the incidents actually took place when Chauvin was working off-duty as a security guard. Similar reality. He's choking people out. So unsurprisingly, the prosecution is planning to bring up that the guy is just recklessly choking people out all over the place throughout his entire career, whether as a cop or as a security guard. Seems very relevant. But be that as it may, Chauvin's attorney is making an argument that it's not that germane. And that argument is that in all these cases— Chauvin was cleared. As his lawyer said, quote, in every single one, it was determined by a supervisor that Mr. Chauvin's use of force was reasonable in the circumstances and authorized by law and MPD policy, end quote. I got to be honest with you. To a degree, he has a point. The worst behavior by police officers, including murder, is literally almost always justified and almost always goes without any punishment. Almost always justified. Almost always goes without any punishment. This is what happens when the police brutalize people. So no surprise that happened with Chauvin. But I have to say that even though it's completely ridiculous for him to argue this, it's completely relevant to the case that he's been choking people out consistently throughout his whole career. It's a very good reminder that it really isn't just about Derek Chauvin and one copper, one quote unquote bad apple. But as the saying goes, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. I mean, just think of the other cops that are on trial here who were watching Derek Chauvin snuff out the life of George Floyd in public and on camera and did nothing. One bad apple spoils the entire bunch, but it's really the entire institution of policing that is completely oriented towards the total impunity for murderers, total impunity for murderers like Derek Chauvin and the other cops involved in the murder of George Floyd. Also worth noting right now, there is a major exodus in Minneapolis of police officers because they say they can't work under conditions where anyone would dare scrutinize their behavior. So let us recklessly, wantonly, brutally murder people, never call us on it, or we'll just quit. So that's the whole institution. So obviously Chauvin is guilty. But clearly, as this legal proceeding does open the window to, it's not just Chauvin, it's not just these other cops, it's the whole system. All righty, we're going to take you back in time a little bit here for this final story. We want to alert you to something that you certainly heard nothing about, even though it was back in March. Well, some of you may have heard something about it, but specifically the issue here is Israel, the government of Israel, the country of Israel, meddling directly in U.S. politics in order to stifle criticism of their apartheid policies. Now, what's the background to this story? Well, Part of this you may have heard, this part at least. Back in February, journalist Abby Martin was banned from speaking at Georgia State University because of the state's anti-BDS law, one of 27 states with such laws. I'll also note here, by the way, that Abby Martin is a journalist with the Empire Files, empirefiles.tv. You can learn quite a bit more about this issue. But nevertheless, these laws are blatantly unconstitutional, and usually when they are challenged, states back away from them because they're impossible to defend based on the Constitution. Abby Martin, by the way, suing the state of Georgia over this issue, so they're not going to be able to escape from this one. Now, the law in Georgia required that anyone who signs a contract with the state for $1,000 or more must sign an anti-BDS pledge. 
State Representative Deborah Silcox, who, by the way, just lost her reelection, was pushing in March to raise the floor for which you have to sign this loyalty oath to $100,000. That's essentially to avoid situation like Abby Martin's situation. Uh, where everyone who's asked to speak and receives a small honorarium is then forced to sign this unconstitutional loyalty oath. And of course, if they have to do this, people are going to be more likely to complain and to push back on it. And ultimately, almost certainly, the law itself will be voided. So the hope, of course, by these individuals, including Representative Silcox here, is that, you know, if you have it at $100,000, it'll just be landscapers or people doing food or whatever, people who basically don't care and will just sign it because they want the business. And they also, since they don't care or at least won't make it a big issue, will not complain. And thus that allows the thing to stay and move forward and continue um, to be a completely ridiculous state of affairs. So back to the story. So Silcox is at the hearing trying to promote this change. Now, instead of trying to hide what she's doing, which you might think you might be trying to act like this is not what you're doing, she actually starts, <laughs> it's unbelievable, by recognizing the Israeli consul general as her guest at the hearing. Now, I just want you to know that she's been criticized and people have been criticized that this is sort of a, a foreign operation by Israel trying to meddle in the politics of various countries, not America, but just doesn't care at all. Deborah Silcox brings the guy there. Uh, says he's the Israeli consul, welcomes him. This is her guest. Then she goes on to say, quote, we have had some issues on a small scale with this. And so the Israeli consulate and a number of people have asked me to raise the limits, end quote. I mean, I don't even know what to say here. Not only is this meddling in U.S. politics, this is openly admitted meddling. The institution or the 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 individual who was the the vessel for this sort of meddling is actually admitting that they did it, bringing the person who asked them to do the meddling to the hearing, introducing them to the lawmakers. And this is in March, so in the height of election season, when allegedly Iran, Russia, China, I don't even know whoever else, somebody, uh, ISIS, Hezbollah, whoever they were saying is trying to destroy all U.S. elections with some Twitter post. And we have to be 100% on guard about meddling. And here you got the guy in the hearing promoting meddling from a foreign country and no one has anything to say. Crickets. And not only that, it's a blatantly unconstitutional law. Crickets. I mean, I just, you almost don't even know what to say. I think longtime watchers of U.S.-Israeli relations, certainly not surprised by that, but it just gives you a sense of the breadth and the depth of the total hypocrisy of all this so-called meddling, which, by the way, is never 100% proven, just alleged. So I guess the only takeaway you can have from this is that it's bad to meddle in U.S. politics unless... You happen to be Israel or probably Saudi Arabia or, yeah, UAE too. And maybe Kuwait, maybe Bahrain. I guess anyone who's a U.S. ally, you can do whatever you want to do. But, you know, you dare to go against the U.S. foreign policy, then allegedly somehow you're destroying the U.S. elections, even if there's no proof. So that's democracy and hypocrisy for you here on the 17th of November, 2020. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. 
And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at 